Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to the Early Wedge presented by BetMGM. I am your host, EC, a.k.a. Eric Cohen, and we have a great show on tap tonight. I'll tell you what, uh, first of all, before we get into the show, make sure to like this video, and if you haven't already, subscribe to the Sportsline YouTube page. Now, normally we would have all three of us, including Patrick McDonald, but the weather here in Arizona is a mess, so it's just me and the counselor Sia Najad, the host of Early Edge uh, every day, 10 a.m. Eastern, and one of the best golf bettors on the planet. Counselor, great to see you. Just any first thoughts or any initial thoughts on, I guess, just the PGA Tour going to a 54-hole tournament last week. Good idea, bad idea? I mean, based on the deluge that that of rain that came down, I mean, I think it was really their only choice. What's interesting, though, is we were on this very show, right, EC, and we talked about, hey, this might turn into a 54-hole thing. And honestly, the weather seemed so sort of predictive, like three days out, two days out. We kind of knew what we were going to see. It was probably incumbent upon the PGA Tour to just get them out Saturday night. Not that they were there were any necessarily like dangerous conditions, but I mean – it seemed really implausible that they were going to play Sunday. And given that the weather was going to kind of pour over and we had the Phoenix open, we had the Super Bowl and, and just, there were so many implications to it that I think they probably could have called it on Saturday and said, Hey, this is the final round. I understand not necessarily wanting to call your shot. What if the weather becomes, you know, good on Sunday somehow. And then all of a sudden they look really bad. Uh, but at the end of the day, we kind of knew this might be a 54 hole thing. Yeah, and I was really concerned about uh, what to expect there because everybody was trying to get their bets in late on Saturday night, thinking, hey, Wyndham Clark just shoots a 60, and I did the same thing. Like, if they're going to play again, right, we all – and so some sportsbooks honored it and some didn't, and we're not going to, you know, call out those who didn't because I don't blame them at all. If the tournament's done, why pay out something, you know, just void the bet as they did. Now, this so, week, go ahead. So, go ahead. you see, the one thing I'll say there, and, and I could be wrong about this, but I think it came down to the timing of the bet. Yeah. And so, for example, I made mine, I mean, almost like idiotically, I made mine after round uh, three ended. Now, I think if you made it at some point during round three, I think they may have honored those bets. Now, I say they very, like, globally right some books may not have but i think your chances to to actually 
get a cash on one of those tickets was was while betting it while round three was going. I bet it right after round three, and they were like, "Yeah, not so fast. You're not getting that Wyndham Clark out." Right. I I don't. I mean, I understand. But I, same thing happened to me. I bet it right afterwards, thinking, "All right, Wyndham's going to win this. We're getting plus two ten. I parlayed it with a few other things, and then I noticed uh, on Monday morning when I woke up that I had a refund in my betting slip. All right, now let's get right to it. This is one of my favorite weeks of the year. I am in Scottsdale, Arizona. I live about uh, 10 minutes away from TPC Scottsdale. I was out there yesterday, and it is now time for Waste Management Phoenix Open Week. And normally, that's a great time because it's sunny and warm, and you get the scenery is amazing. 200,000 people out there on Saturday. And this week, Sia, it's an absolute disaster. It is, the weather is, I mean, we saw what happened in California last week. It is just ugly raining here today, and it's probably why Patrick McDonald is not here tonight, probably stuck in traffic because it's yeah. a train wreck, or he just wants to avoid me completely, being <laughs> that he's in my hometown. But let's start with storylines. We'll start with yours. Uh, I, I want to know, uh, Sia, tell me why this week uh, more long shots. Are we going to see another 100-to-1 guy or more come in for the sixth straight tournament? Every time I hear you say, tell me why, I think of the Backstreet Boys. I want you to sing it next time if you Never. can. Never. By the way, Never. by the way, David Talk, I, he might have messaged me. If it wasn't him, it was somebody else that messaged me. They had JT top five. And truly, he says he got screwed on DK, not because he bet it on DraftKings, but because we didn't get the last 18 holes. I, I really firmly believe, and I could be wrong, uh, that he was going to catch up and, and definitely place in that top five. That, that's mm-hmm. just sort of the way the cookie crumbles here. But speaking of you know, like JT, not a long shot, right? He's 10 to 1 in this tournament. We're going to talk about him later. But as far as long shots are concerned, yeah, I mean, listen, at the top, you got Scotty Scheffler. We didn't have him last week. In some of these tournaments, we haven't had him, and that's lent itself to having a long shot win. Scotty Scheffler's won this tournament two times in a row, and he's been pretty dominant, uh, particularly off the tee, and believe it or not, with the putter when he's played here at TPC Scottsdale. By the way, the year before that, the one that he didn't win like three years ago, seventh place. I mean, this guy's like dominating, but listen, it's Scotty Scheffler, and we know he can sometimes have problems with the putter, so I don't want to say it's anybody's game, but once you get past Scotty, and, and again, my whole point is here, like, long shots still in play. Once you get past Scotty, I mean, who do you have, really? Like, you got Max Homa, Xander with Drew, Victor Hovland with Drew. We don't have Patrick Cantley here. You got Max Homa, you got Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas, of course, but then there's like a pretty big drop-off. Then you're starting to look at the Wyndham Clarks and the Ben Ons, so my point is, when you get to the 50 to 100 to even 150 range, I think there's a lot of guys in play. Now, a lot of these have been bet down. So the 150 range is pretty much out. It was in, in my opinion, a couple nights ago. But that, that 50 to 100 range, I do think is live for this tournament. Of course, it's all contingent upon Scotty Scheffler not having a great tournament. But the long and short of it is it's still long shot season, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I agree with you here. It's just it's kind of a train wreck, though, because. We're trying to bet guys, even in the 50 to one range. I know we, you know, I think you guys have a, you and Patrick had a long shot at 90 to one. Still, it's not triple digits. Mm -hmm. And and at some point, the favorites are going to come through. Now, as somebody that's going out to the tournament multiple times this weekend, I'm disappointed in the strength of the field. You know, when you lose Andrew Shopley, who was, who would have been one of my picks, uh, Victor Hovland uh, didn't like where his game was at. No, there's no live rumors. Victor Hovland's fine. He'll be back in the field at the Genesis next week. It just, it's tough because right now it's Scotty Scheffler, uh, JT, uh, maybe Max Homa. And then, you know, I guess Wyndham Clark's now the number is the sixth ranked golfer in the, in the world, but it's tough. And I'm not overly enamored about the field strength in this tournament. Now, Patrick was going to bring up, can Scotty Scheffler go for three in a row? See, I'll throw it back to you here. As far as Scotty goes at five to one odds or five and a half to one, 
to me, now I had a listen, I had a feeling on Scotty Scheffler two years ago. He was way back going into the third round, shot a very low uh, Saturday, and then won on Saturday or on Sunday in a playoff over Patrick Cantlay. And that was an extremely profitable day for me. Just kind of had a gut feeling. I just kind of a teaser. I have a gut feeling on a player this week, just like I did. And I'm pretty good at picking the winner of this tournament. I had uh, Ricky Fowler in 2019, Webb Simpson in 2020, uh, Scheffler in 2022. Didn't think he would repeat last year. But do you think three in a row, is that too much to ask? Kind of in a weaker feel. So it's funny because my whole point about long shots being in play because for a couple of different reasons, but mainly I was sort of emphasizing that the tier below Scotty Scheffler with, with your Xanders and your Patrick Cantleys and your Victor Hoblins and your John Roms who are now playing at live. Like it, it's just like watered down in that first tier of golfers where, well, as much as that helps the long shots, well, the reverse is true, right? Like as well, right? Like we've got that helping Scotty Scheffler as well. So yeah, no, I, I don't think it's too much to ask to, to say, Hey, Scotty Scheffler is going to win this tournament too. Now, it's kind of prohibitive to bet him. Listen, if you want to bet him at plus 450 or plus 500, uh, because that's how you bet golf, that's fine. But like, this is the early wedge. We give out our golf picks. Scotty Scheffler is just not going to be one of them. There's too much variance in golf. However, to the extent the variance is diminished, it's usually diminished by guys like Scotty Scheffler. So I think Scotty Scheffler is, is the clear number one in this field. And I do mean clear, like bold face it, italicize it, underline it. But again, this is golf at the end of the day, and I'm not taking a short shot like that. But to answer the non-betting question, is three in a row too much to ask? Not when your name is Scotty Scheffler, and you've putt very well here in the past. But, but, this is a guy that has not won since last year's Players' Championship. Now, Scotty Scheffler is the king of finishing in the top 10, but this is a guy that hasn't won as I said in a year, and if you look at the top of the lead or at the top of the uh, the odds board, I mean Justin Thomas hasn't won since the PGA Championship in 2022. I mean you're going to probably there's not like we have uh, recent winners, let's say without Hovland, who won the last two last year, uh, including the FedEx Cup Championship. I mean we're missing there's there's not a lot of win equity at the top of the board, let's say. So right. as far as recent, so as far as recency bias. Now, my storyline, and I did the same thing last year, and I'm going to talk about it again. I know I'm ripping off what I what I did, counselor, so I apologize. But the final six holes at TPC Scottsdale are so interesting to me. When you look at the 13th, and the first 12 are fine. It is what it is. The 13th is where it gets interesting to me. It's a par five that's reachable in two. You have a good drive down the middle. You can go for it with a, with a three, four iron, something like that. And if you hit the green, an eagle is in play. 14th hole, that's a, that's a tough one. Now, I'm playing this course actually uh, in a week and a half, and my game is a mess. Let's not even go there. But uh, So I'll, I'll have, I mean, too late, but I'll have some more analysis on this. I'll just say this. This hole, to me, plays long. The wind can be a factor. It's make a par and move on to 15. 15 is interesting in that there's water on your second shot. So you're going to hit it down the middle. There's water on the left, and then you have to go over the water to kind of a peninsula green. You make that, you, you hit the green in two, you, you two-putt, you make birdie, fine. You move on to 16. We all know about the 40,000-seat arena there. It's absolutely wild. 17, to me, is the most interesting hole in the course. 332 yards, water, it's drivable. There's been one uh, uh, albatross in the history of the PGA Tour. Andrew McGee made it at this, or one off the tee, one, a hole-in-one on a par four is what I should call it. Uh, Andrew McGee made it at the Phoenix Open years ago. 
But this is this hole can also ruin you. I mean, it ruined Xander Shoffley in 2021, and Sahith Tagala, I think, had trouble with it in 2022. So this, I think, is going to be the hole that determines things. And then comes the 18th hole where you just have to avoid the water and then the, the bunkers on the left side. You hit it there, you have a short iron into the green. Should be a fascinating finish at the Phoenix Open. One of my favorite sets of, uh, of finishing holes on tour. So, and it's always usually a, a close tournament. I mean, you don't see a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of distance here outside of Phil Mickelson blowing away the field 10 years ago. I don't think you'll see that this time around. But, all right, let us move on to DFS picks. This is where you are the king, counselor. Let us hear your three players that you like in your one fade. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if I'm the king of, of PGA DFS. I mean, as far as betting and round matchups and things like that, sort of the money makers uh, when it comes to golf betting, I, 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 I'm, that's, that's really where I shine. But from a game theory standpoint, there's a lot to be said for what I might say or what a lot of people might say about like just DFS, golf DFS in general. It's different from NFL DFS. We're now sort of graduating from NFL DFS, right? So it's a different analysis. In NFL, you can, you can establish volume. You can take chalk a lot easier than you can take chalk uh, here uh, in golf. But l- let me just point out a few things here, first, first of all. Uh, the chat. Like we don't have Patrick McDonald in here. So the chat is going to function as our like de facto sort of third person on this show. Japan is in here and he says, EC, he says, EC, invite me to your club. I actually don't know what he means by that. Maybe you said club. And he says, I want to take your money. So he's like basically smacking. Oh. Chris, Chris Kish is in here before you respond. He said, he's saying KH Lee is stealing this tournament. Uh, Mark Buckholtz, who is has a new daughter as of three weeks ago, right, uh, he's in here. Joe Newenfelt is in here. So you all are you all are talking your talk. Like, uh, give me Grio. Grio is a topic of conversation. He'll be a, con- uh, a conversation topic uh, later on. Somebody's uh, somebody's mentioning Cameron Young. He's going to be a topic of conversation later in this show as well. So everybody, thank you for being in the chat. Hit the like button and all that stuff. But let me say this. So speaking of chalky players. Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas are going to be very chalky. I want to point out before I talk about the three players I like, it doesn't mean you can't play them. Okay. And by the way, you can, you can play them in the same lineup if you want. And by the way, you're not being super clever if you do that, because a lot of people probably come to the conclusion that you can play those two in the same lineup and just go kind of relatively cheap in other places. So even though we have some of these like kind of middle tier players on here, it doesn't mean we don't like some of these guys at the top. We're just trying to find value for you. But if you want to play a chalky Scotty Scheffler who might border on, I don't know, 35 to 40% ownership, uh, Justin Thomas, maybe 30 to 35% ownership, maybe around 30 actually. Uh, go ahead and do it. Just make sure you're different in other places or you could fade them and take that shot. That's again, that's the game theory of DFS. Keith Mitchell is a guy that I don't think is going to be super popular, although I'm starting to see, I put out a tweet today about, Long shot outrights. And I'm starting to see that Keith Mitchell may be getting a little bit of attention. I've already bet him as an outright. The numbers come down a little bit, but I think he's trending in the right direction. I think his his history here is pretty good. But when you look at the weighted stats, especially his recent form, it's not going to blow you away. But his weighted ball striking, uh, his short game, the distance that might be requ- – it's not required here, but it's certainly beneficial. And he's not like a super long hitter as of late, but – He's checking a lot of boxes, and I think he's really going to go underappreciated. And at 7,500, I think when you're talking about DFS, and in golf DFS, you're talking about boomer bust factor. You really, like, you don't care if they bust. You, you want them to be able to spike for four rounds or at least three or four rounds, and you're willing to accept the bust nature of some of those boom players. So Keith Mitchell really fits that description. I like him at 7,500. He shouldn't be very popular. A guy that is going to be popular, Kevin Yu. His metrics 
almost literally jump off the page. I mean, I'm talking relatively here, but they're so good as of late. It's a small sample size. They're so good that like you just can't ignore them. And so at 7,300, for the record, if you want to get different in DFS, it's very smart to play no Kevin Yu, okay? But I'm just telling you from a value standpoint, Kevin Yu, while popular, makes a lot of sense. I don't know that he has like true win equity, even though some people think that. But I think Kevin Yu at 7,300 is just like an obvious value play. A guy that I think is going to go relatively unrecognized or at least not recognized enough is EVR. Eric Van Royen at 7,100. First of all, look at his finishing positions as of late. They're pretty good. He's got the metrics to match it, especially with the ball striking. And his history on this course isn't bad either. I think EVR is a very, very sneaky play in DFS and in the betting market. And I'll point this out about Eric Van Royen, who will come up again later in this show. If you look at his, his matchups, Christian Bezeden, who's been playing pretty well lately. If you look at matchups, you would think Christian Bezadenhut, otherwise known as Cbez, because that's easier to say, would be a pretty big favorite over EVR because we just haven't heard much from EVR and Cbez has been playing pretty well. Eric Van Royen on DraftKings, uh, that's just you know one site that they happen to have matchups out a little bit earlier than some of the other places, minus 120 against Cbez. That tells me a lot since a lot of people that I've noticed like Cbez in this tournament as a whole, as a potential outright. So I, I think EVR is getting attention maybe in some sharper markets. And at 7,100, I think he's a great value. JT Poston's my fade. The only reason I'm fading him is because he's really popular. And he's probably mispriced. He probably in this tournament should be in the mid-9,000s. Nine, and so he's, he's going to garner a lot of popularity. I, I don't mind fading a guy like JT Poston, frankly. Uh, I'll, pay, I'll play some chalk in other places like Scotty Scheffler, maybe Justin Thomas, maybe both in the same lineup. I'm perfectly willing to fade JT Poston, who's been very good. Yeah, Poston has uh, his best finish here is a T11, uh, but he has also, I think, seven top 20s in his last 10 tournaments worldwide, or yep. I guess on the PGA Tour. So he's been he's been red hot. Hard to fade him, but I understand at that price, he makes a lot of sense. As far as what Patrick's going with, Adam Hadwin has a nice course history here. Gary Woodland is a previous winner. Don't know how he's going to respond, you know, coming off that brain surgery. We're all rooting for him. Yep. Uh, but obviously, he does like the course. Siwoo Kim, a little bit of a course history. And I'll tell you what, the fade, I got to admit here, not saying he can't go in the top 10, but you can't pick Sam Burns to win. And I'm going to mm -hmm. say this over and over. Like, this is a guy, after what we saw at the Amex a few weeks ago, after what he did, just collapsing down the stretch, I'm not picking Sam Burns to win. And at 9,600, I agree with exactly what the counselor said and what Patrick is thinking here, that there are better options in that price range, specifically Scheffler and Thomas, which you can stack your lineups and then go cheaper, you know, in a, in a field that's this week. Go ahead. Yeah, let me say a couple things here. One, I don't want people to be confused here uh, about fading JT Poston. I'm fading him in DraftKings. I'm fading him in, in, in DFS, if you will. I'm not necessarily fading him or, or picking him in the betting market. So if you like JT Poston in a matchup, or if, if you think JT Poston is a great top 20 play, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I'm just looking at ownership, and I'm looking at how I'm building my lineups. And, and when I see JT Poston, and I'm looking at it now, and this is projected ownership, it's not final by any means. We're still very early in the process. But when I see guys next to JT Poston that are almost half the ownership, like Sahith Thigala, Wyndham Clark, th those guys will probably get some steam. So they won't be half the ownership. But, you know, you, you go down with Tom Kim, Eric Cole's much lower, 8 to 9% lower, Hideki, Adam Scott. Like, this is where you, you start playing the game in PGA DFS. Again, you can play Poston if you want, but at some point when you're constructing your lineup, you have to start to play the game. And when it comes to PGA DFS, playing the game isn't necessarily selecting all the best players or all the value players because your lineup's going to look very similar to another lineup and you're not going to be able to separate yourself. So you've got you to find some separators in your lineup, and that's why I'm saying I'm fading JT Poston here. Speaking of that, 
when you talk about fading Sam Burns, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but from a game theory standpoint, if you wanted to just go sort of off the reservation a little bit, which I encourage you to do in PGA DFS, and I'm not even saying I'm doing this. I'm just, I'm just putting this out there for everybody to absorb. We know that Scotty Scheffler is going to be really popular. We know that Justin Thomas is going to be really popular. We also know that Sam Burns, Jordan Spieth, and let's say Matthew Fitzpatrick, and I'll even throw in Mac, well, Max Home is going to be a little popular too, but those the first three I said, are not going to be very popular. They're going to be half the ownership of the like the, the two big guns. So from a game theory standpoint, if you had the guts to fade both Justin Thomas and Scotty Scheffler, and you wanted to play Sam Burns with Jordan Spieth, with Fitzpatrick, with a Cameron Young, with a Sung JM, and they actually you know, boom, if you will, you're going to be in very, very good shape. That's the game theory side of this DFS conversation. And that is why you are the master when it comes to that, because game theory is a term that I really probably need to educate myself on. So, and that's why you succeed in DFS and me, well, I have my moments. All right, now let's move on to something where you really succeed. You know, I'm kind of bitter. I Normally I would do FRLs, especially for the Phoenix Open. Last year I had Adam Hadwin. I went out there on Friday, watched him finish his round, and he came up one shot short, and I was so frustrated. So, Sia, it's on to you for the first first-round leaders on early wedge in 2024. We weren't able to do these the last couple of weeks. You have a five-pack. Can you explain why you like these, starting with the Gala, who actually like a lot this week? Yeah, absolutely. I think the Gala has outright potential. We know just two years ago here, he should have maybe should have won this tournament. He ended up in, in third place. Uh, and, and what we love about the Gala is, for the record, I'm not so sure he's the best course fit here. I think he might be a little too erratic off the tee, which usually doesn't get you into trouble here, but certainly could. Uh, but with that said, we know he has spike potential, potentially for four rounds. I think he's an up-and-coming golfer for sure, but certainly for one round. And I think 45 to 1, given this field and given the fact that he's going out in the morning, which I'm guessing, and this is usually the case, that the morning conditions are going to be better than the afternoon conditions for two reasons. The wind should be a tick higher in the afternoon. That's at least what it's projecting to be right now. And also, the course is in just more pristine condition, more gettable condition in the morning than it is in, in, the, in the afternoon, I should say. So all of these guys are going out in the morning there was one afternoon guy i really wanted to play regardless i'll mention him at the end of this by the way uh japan asked is, is Grio a good dfs play he's not getting much ownership so the answer to that question is yes whether he's going to be good or not is is a different question but from the way you phrase that from a game theory standpoint Grio is certainly a, a good answer there um eric cole plus five thousand. listen if if you've been betting golf at all you know eric cole has plenty of spike potential his metrics jump off the page particularly on approach and i think a lot of people think this is a second shot golf course an approach shot golf course if you will I think that's true. I, I, I kind of am favoring off the tee almost a little bit more than I am approached just to be a little bit different because I've noticed a lot of the winners have been really, really good off the tee here. But Eric Cole, not so good off the tee, but on approach, he can absolutely dial in and we know he can get hot with the putter. 50 to 1, I like that. Kevin Yu, I'm just... I'm just on this ride with Kevin Yu, just like everybody else. I want to see if the metrics bear out. I don't think he can win this tournament, but can he stay really hot for an additional round for 18 holes? At 66 to 1, I'm willing to find out. EVR, I just told you, this guy has been pretty good here overall. And, and for the record, the metrics are really speaking to me. We see it in the finishing positions. Can he win here? Actually, I think he can, but I think he's more likely to be a first round leader than he is to be a winner in a tournament that is headlined by Scotty Scheffler. Finally, Luke List. Team No Putt. Well, Team No Putt's actually been pretty good at the Phoenix Open, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. So I don't think – I think the, the putter's going to get Luke List into trouble enough for him not to be able to win this tournament. But again, the, the ball striking for him, Luke List, it is 
so good. It's always pretty good, but it continues to be so good. If he can find a neutral to positive putter for 18 holes, then he can be your first round leader. Again, another guy in the morning, 80 to one. Yeah. And those are the picks that everyone has been looking for. You are the king of FRLs. And just remind us, how many did you hit last year? Just so last year, you know, I got to go back and count, but what you're referencing is two years ago, two years two ago, seasons right, ago yeah. when I hit six out six in 12 weeks. I mean, it's it crazy. was like, that's, it was kind of crazy. Yeah, it's one thing to pick winners of tournaments, which is hard enough. But first round leader, you might as well just throw a coin. I mean, it's I look at it as a lottery ticket, and you're looking at it as hit more hittable than the actual winners of tournaments. So very yeah, impressive. It, it's it's interesting because I do have a way to kind of narrow the field and keep narrowing the field to 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 the guys I like. I mean, you know, it's it, it, I do always stress, especially when I tweet out first round leader picks. Hey, these are more like gimmicky, more the first round leader types. That was hard for me to 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 continue to say that when I was on that stretch where I was just hitting them all the time. I mean, because they people kept winning. But the long and short of it is, treat these like they're you know you know, a couple bucks on them, maybe a few bucks on them and call it a day. Or maybe you put one or two bucks on all of them, but you pick one that you think is really good. And you put like, maybe, I don't know, I don't want to tell you how to spend your money, but you you know what I'm getting at here. We're not putting a unit on these. We're not even putting a half a unit on these. We're, these are more like smaller, smaller bets. Quarter of a unit, 10th of a unit, somewhere in that ball. That's the way I like to look at it. My outrights, I like to put a quarter unit on uh, long shots, a 10th of a unit. It just, mm-hmm. it's, it's up to you guys, you know what sure. you want to do. But before we get into our head-to-head or to our matchups and then finishing positions and, of course, outrights and long shots, let's hear from one of our sponsors. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. And, of course, you can watch the big game on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. I know before we're, we're in a golf show, I get it. See, where do you lean on this game? So my lean is with my preseason outright ticket, which is the San Francisco 49ers. So there's, there's some bias involved. I'm perfectly aware that San Francisco has not looked good in the playoffs, really haven't looked good since getting absolutely clocked by the Baltimore Ravens at home. With all that said, I, I do think they have the overall talent. I think Kyle Shanahan steadies the ship. This defensive line needs to respond. Chase Young needs to stop jogging to runners, and he needs to start like actually playing football at 100%. We need a little bit that, of that from the defense, but I think San Francisco wins a close one. If you are a Sportsline subscriber, there are 52 official picks on the website for the Super Bowl as of right now. So check that out. We have Sia has a golf column. Patrick has multiple golf columns. I have one for the PGA Tour and Live This Week, plus 52 official picks and a bunch of other articles, Taylor Swift props and more. Sportsline.com. Make sure to sign up. We have some great deals listed on the website. Want to throw that out there. All right. It is time for matchups. Sia, you are an expert in these. I, I mean, like everything else, but your record this year is absolutely sterling. Start us off with Bo Hostler. 
Yeah, it's the round matchups that you all can really look forward to, and I'll have those as each day kind of goes by. We'll have that on the early edge at 10 in the morning on on Thursday, and we'll have it at 10 in the morning on Friday. We'll, we'll tweet them out over the weekend. I'll try to include maybe the first one in my Sportsline article, which should be out tonight, if not first thing tomorrow morning. So I had a little bit of trouble finding tournament matchups, and that's because not all the books have them out yet. We're, we're kind of waiting for them to get their act together just on this year, because usually by the time this show airs, we have really all the major books having their matchups out. So I might add a matchup or two to my Sportsline article, something to look forward to. But what's really interesting Cime three one one one. He says, uh, "What do you what do you guys think about Hostler? He hadn't seen this screen yet. Well, I, I think a lot of Hostler. I, I you know his metrics have been a little dicey as of late in the ball striking department. He's made up for it with the putter, but overall, I, th I think this guy from a ball striking department and a course fit is really good. I like him at plus money over Min Woo Lee. I think Min Woo Lee." has outright potential in this tournament, if I'm being honest. But I also think he's super erratic. And I think Hostler is going to be way more steady than Min Woo Lee. So I like Hostler at plus money over Min Woo. And then I'm going with kind of a matchup. It's Emiliano Grillo plus 125 as top South American. Now, just so everybody knows, there's three other guys in contention here. Jonathan Vegas, Nico Echeverria, and Camillo Viegas. Uh, say that four times fast. But the long and short of it here is that I don't think these guys can contend with Griot. And I say that knowing that Griot's metrics really haven't looked that great lately. I mean, the putter's been good, which is ironic because he's usually, or like historically at least, isn't a good putter. But the ball striking is kind of off with Griot. But when you match him up against Viegas, Echeverria, and Jonathan Vegas, who, by the way, Vegas is a good course fit here. I think Vegas could really spike for a round, but he's not back yet from his injury. Like his game is not back yet from his injury. So I'm really taking advantage of the fact that I've got Jonathan Vegas, who's not quite back yet. And two guys that I just don't think over four rounds or hopefully four rounds, as opposed to two can contend with Grio. So actually really like this at plus money, plus 125 as top South American. I'm already eyeing a round one, three ball, but I didn't want to put it out now because I just, I haven't really confirmed it yet, but that'll probably be on the early edge at 10 in the morning on Thursday. And I may, depending on when I declare, I may put it in my sports line article. Patrick going with uh, Grillo over Ricky Fowler at minus 110. Ricky Fowler, the 2019 champion, hasn't been in great form since he won the Rocket Mortgage last year. Will this be a return to form? It's also going with Adam Hadwin over Cam Young. I'm going to have to disagree there. You'll hear why. I'm, I'm, I'm big on Cam Young this week. Uh, but I'm going to go with Hideki Matsuyama, a two-time winner, over Corey Connors. Now, here's my thing about Corey Connors. Let's, let's start there first. He's lost strokes putting in six straight tournaments. Now, he had a T31 at Pebble. That's fine, through three rounds. But his high, that was his highest finish uh, in his last four since the Tour Championship. And his course history uh, at TPC Scottsdale isn't great. One top 20 here in four visits. Now, Matsuyama is a horse for the course. Two wins and five top tens in total in 10 appearances. That's phenomenal at even money. Absolutely love it. And then let's go to another kind of horse for the course, and that's Sung J.M. over Tom Kim at minus 120. So M has two top 10s and a top 20 in four appearances. I mean, he's about as rock solid as you get for coming here four times. Tom Kim's been here once, a T50 last year. It hasn't been real solid lately, and I know M was a disaster at Pebble Beach. Don't get me wrong. But Tom Kim, uh, is the putter, has failed him significantly in his three tournaments in January uh, and, and early February. I'm going with Sung J.M. Play that horse for the course uh, angle with Hideki Matsuyama and Sung J.M. Uh, over Tom Kim uh, on that second one. All right. So now it is time for my favorite bet that I like to make every week, and that is finishing positions. So we'll start with Patrick. He's going with Siwoo Kim's top 20 
at plus 190. Now, that's an interesting bet considering that uh, Siwoo Kim has played here eight times and never finished in the top 20. But you know what? I'm okay with it. And I'm sure Patrick would give logic. Check out his article at sportsline.com for more. Love these make-the-cut parlays at plus 150. Kim, Adam Hadwin, and Adam Scott, who is another one who has been rock-solid and consistent. Uh, only played at TPC Scottsdale once, uh, but certainly worth a bet at plus 150. Now, Counselor, you love the top 40 market, and you and I actually share a pick, but we'll have you start with Eric Van Royen. Why do you like him at, at not a plus number, at minus 115? Yeah, so first of all, let me let me like correct the record a little bit. I did say he had decent history. He doesn't have much of a history here, if I'm being honest. He, he missed a cut about five years ago, and it looks like he was 50th place in 2023. It's really the recent history that is really the point of emphasis for Eric Van Royen. So I do want to point that out just as, as in case you were like, oh, Eric Van Royen has good history here. He doesn't. But again, I really like the metrics here. And again, what I consider to be a watered down field, especially when we're talking about a guy who's finishing positions lately, like 20th, 25th, 52nd, 22nd, uh, 1st, I mean, this guy has really excelled lately, and I think T40 in this field makes a lot of sense, even though it's usually I like in the top 40, top 30, top 20 market. I like to look for even money or better, but minus 115, close enough. And then, Kevin, you, listen, it's it's bouncing off the page here. Plus 110, top 40. Uh, he's just the type of guy recently that has really been flashing with the metrics. I, I see no reason that he can't finish inside the top 40. Whether you're getting that at plus 110 or even money, uh, I think it's a good bet. I do also want to point out something, EC. So when I was doing my first round leaders, I had kind of cataloged a few guys that I liked as, uh, you know, I, I basically go through my process. I see who the morning players are and I just kind of catalog. Okay, here, here are the players that have potential. Then I go look at the odds, so on and so forth. One guy I missed and I'm reminded of him. I don't want to add a sixth guy necessarily, but I want to give this guy C May or this girl C May 3111 uh, some credit here because he mentions first round leader. He says Asian persuasion, Carl Yuan, Kevin Yu, Ben on. I want to point something out. You guys are probably thinking, oh, he's going to say Ben on. I'm not. First round leader, Carl Yuan, about 130 to one. I just want to point that out because he was a guy that I meant to have in my first round leader selections. And it just, it, it just, it didn't make it there for some reason. And CMA reminded me of him. So I just want to point out Carl Yuan. That might be a nice first round leader play. I'll say this too, since this show is sponsored by BetMGM. BetMGM from what I've seen across at least three or four sports books that I checked in the first round leader market, they have the best odds. All the odds I gave out are bet MGM odds because those odds are a little shorter at pretty much every other book. I noticed Carl, you and I haven't checked bet MGM yet, but he's 130 to one at one book. He's very likely like 150 to one at bet MGM. Just wanted to throw that out there. Really good find from CMA. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I love to bet at bet MGM, especially when it comes to golf, they're the only sports book who pay out who pays out ties for finishing positions. So it's very, very important. And I, same thing, I believe, for FRLs, but I'll have to double check that because that's not a market that I play as often. Now, when it comes to uh, finishing positions, I have four of them this week. Justin Thomas, top 10 at even money. Normally, that's not a great bet, but he has four top 10s in his last six appearances here, playing really, really good golf. I think he is uh, going to be a very popular bet this week. We'll talk about that uh, coming up here shortly. Sahith Thigala, top 20 at plus 160. Should have won here in 2022, kind of threw that one away, and that's where Scotty Scheffler got his first uh, professional win uh, after Thigala went in the water and had a kind of an ugly collapse down the stretch there. But in two trips to TPC Scottsdale, he's gained nearly 10 strokes putting combined. That's a good metric that I really like. And he already has two top 20s thus far this season, a solo second at the Century and a T20 at Pebble. That is encouraging. Sia, you mentioned Kevin Yu, top 40 at plus 110. Interesting there. Uh, he's an ASU grad as well. 
you know, that is my uh, rival. Uh, I never like to point that out. But ASU produces quite the golf team. And, uh, you know, Kevin, you being a local guy, no course history here, but I'm sure he's played TPC Scottsdale plenty. So I'm good with that. And then uh, Billy Horschel, top 40. His form is dreadful. But at plus 120, let me explain it. Mm -hmm. Uh, He excels on the TPC Scottsdale greens. In four of his last five years here, in each of those tournaments, he's had approximately five, gained approximately five strokes putting. Uh, three of those years, he was over five strokes putting, uh, gained, and one year it was like 4.9 and change. That is phenomenal. He has top tens in his last two even-numbered years, so 2020, 2022. You know, I like those stats. See, is probably rolling his eyes. But he has a top 40 here in eight of his last 11 years. I feel like that's a pretty good bet, and you're getting plus 120 on Billy Horschel. Sometimes the form may not be that great, but a course, you know, if you're a horse for the course and and are familiar with it, that might bring your game to another level. Now, as I mentioned, the best place to bet these finishing positions of any sports book is at BetMGM. New BetMGM customers can sign up today and get $158 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $5, and you'll receive $158 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome with bonus code EDGE158. That's EDGE158. Now, before we get to winners, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. March cannot come soon enough. And also, March is a great golf month. Uh, you got the Arnold Palmer Invitational, you got uh, the Players' Championship. I missed the Dell Match play already. It was my favorite, one of my favorite tournaments of the year outside of this one and the majors. Uh, I will miss that one. But uh, March, the best month, and as a University of Arizona grad and, and diehard fan, let us hope that it's a good time. It's a good March for all. All right. It is on to winners. We'll start with Patrick McDonald. He's going with a couple of uh, long shots. Adam Hadwin at 50 to 1, Adam Scott at 55 to 1. He is not playing the top of the board, but I know who is. That is one, Sia Najad. You like Justin Thomas at 10 to 1, as do I. Please give me your logic. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of been dancing around it this whole show. I mean, Justin Thomas, is, it, it feels like, and we saw this going into last week too, it feels like there's just been a rebirth that Justin Thomas has recaptured his game. He's doing everything right. Last week, he could have been a lot better with the putter. And if he was, that person it was David Tuck who missed out on the top five. Not only would he been within the top five, he probably would have been second going into what we thought was going to be a Sunday round behind Wyndham Clark. Like he just couldn't find the putter. But I think he'll have an easier time with the putter, frankly, on these greens. And I think 10 to one, while normally I'm like, oh, I hate that number. When I look at this field and I look who is kind of pulled out of the field when it comes to, again, Victor Hovland, Xander Schaaf, like Cantley not playing here, no more Rom here. Like there's that's, that's just a handful of the names that we can mention that aren't playing here. I think 10 to 1 is reasonable given how well he is playing. So I'm not in love with it. I wish I caught it when it opened and before those withdrawals happened, which I believe it was like around 15 to 1, 14 to 1, 16 to 1. But 
I'll still ride with Justin Thomas. This is a guy I bet last week, as everybody knows, he was my main outright at 20 to one. It's cut in half here, but you know, the talent at the top is probably cut in half as well, notwithstanding that Scotty's actually in this tournament. So like Justin Thomas and Sith Tagala, we talked about his spike potential. We saw it two years ago when he finished third here and probably should have won. I think he's a pretty good course fit. He, he can't be too wayward off the tee and find himself some water. But if he doesn't do that, we know he can dial in with the ball striking specifically on approach, and we know he can get hot with the putter. So I think 40 to one is more than a fair number. I think you might be able to find him at 45 to one in some places as well. And by the way, Mark Buckholz, you mentioned Carl, you won 300 to one at DK. Yes, that's true. As an outright tournament winner, as far as the first round leader market, which is what we were talking about, 150 to one. That's probably the best number you're going to see on that. Right. Uh, let me explain my picks here. I love Justin Thomas for what you said there, uh, counselor. Since missing last year's FedEx Cup playoffs, he's played in five stroke play events and he's finished no lower than the T6 he recorded at Pebble Beach. And you're right. He probably would have been in the top five had uh, they were they'd been able to play the final round. Since 2018, I kind of alluded to this earlier, his finishes in Scottsdale have been T17, solo third, T3, T13, T8, and solo fourth last year. And that was when he wasn't really in good form. I mean, this is Justin Thomas's tournament to lose. I, I put him number one on my fantasy power rankings in that column on sportsline.com. I, I just, I don't love the 10 to one odds. Now I was looking to bet him on Sunday night and he was around 12 to one. And that was before the Shoffley and Hovland withdrawals. This is one, see is not going to like this, but it's true. You, you parlay it, you know, you take, look, go, go look at the early edge, go watch, the, rewatch the early edge find <laughs> that you like from this morning and, and parlay those with Justin Thomas, put one together and that'll enhance your odds, make it 20, 25 to one. And it's much more palatable because we know CS pick. I, I don't know what you have tonight, but I'm sure it's probably a winner. Now I'm going to go with Cam Young at 45 to one. Uh, you can get this one somewhere between 35 and 45 to one. I know. I mean, there's Dan in the chat says he's in bad form. This is a guy that just finished solo third the other week in Dubai. He was dreadful. I get it. It is awful at Pebble Beach. Just pretty much off the tee. He's been great everywhere else. Awful. He wasn't great at the century. He's a T33. It's kind of a gut feeling on Cam Young. And I know you probably don't want to hear that. This is a, a serious golf show. Sometimes you just get a gut feeling. Cam, this I get it. Driver's golf course, you know. Cam Young is a guy that excels driving the golf ball. Just a thought at 45 to 1, yeah, it's worth a sprinkle. I'm good for it. As is Hideki Matsuyama at 50 to 1. He's a horse for the course, as I mentioned. Two wins here, weak field. He was, I think, a T13 uh, the other week at Torrey Pines. You know, we're just sprinkling here. I'm not going big. I, I just think Thomas is my top pick. But I think there's some value. I, I don't want to miss when Cam Young gets that first win. You know, I tried yeah. last year. He, this guy, like Scheffler, I didn't want to miss when Scotty Scheffler got his first PGA Tour win, and I nailed it at the WMPO two years ago. I think Cam Young is due, and the game is not in that bad a form as we saw a couple weeks ago in Dubai. Desert course like this one, uh, let's hope he plays well and, uh, and, and gets a W at 45-1. to 1. I will be jumping up and down and following him on the course on Sunday because I will be out at TPC Scottsdale. All right, for our final segment, it is time for the long shots. And see, uh, you and Patrick actually agree on your long shot here. Uh, tell us why Keith Mitchell is the way to go. Yeah, this is actually pretty incredible. And by the way, I think I have another long shot. I might have I 
forgot to put it on there. But um, yeah, so just so everybody knows, somebody asked in the chat, um, do we talk about our picks beforehand? Because we had a couple similar picks up ahead. No, like not not even a little bit. We don't even look at our picks when we when we kind of fill out the show sheet. So when we have kind of a coincidence like this, it does merit a second and third look. Again, we talked about Keith Mitchell before. When I looked at his weighted ball striking, I was pretty impressed with it. You know, he's not a guy that you think of as a guy that can win tournaments. But if you look historically, like this is a guy who was – finished top five in some big tournaments, finished inside the top 10 in some tournaments. And again, if you have a down Scotty Scheffler week, well, who else are you contending with? So at 90 to one given now, Eric, you just said the, the, the right thing when it came to Cam Young, when it came to Hideki Matsuyama, you want to be early on these guys. Now with in Cam Young's case, is it, is it too early perhaps in Decky's case? Is it too early? Like to, to be quote early? I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I probably think it is too early for those guys, but that's just my opinion. When yeah. I look at Keith Mitchell at twice those odds of the, of the two guys that we're talking about, and I see that the ball striking has actually come around. If I can detach the name from the number, in other words, if I picture, oh, those, those, those metrics belong to Cam Young or Hideki Matsuyama instead of Keith Mitchell, a guy that doesn't traditionally win, it, it, like, it makes me feel good about playing the 90 to one number. So again, I do think Keith Mitchell has a bit of win equity, at least a little bit more than this number is implying. And clearly, uh, Patrick agrees. The other one I'll mention, maybe I, did you just add this? That was like a magic act because I didn't see it. But EVR at 101, we already talked about him. Again, the history here, not so much, but the metrics that I'm seeing as of late, I do think he's a pretty good course fit. 101, I'm willing to speculate. And then finally, Jake the Snake's the best. He knew. He knew what to do. When I ranted and raved for almost 90 seconds about, whoops, forgot to put Carl Yuan on there. I got this, what is this, 135, 136-person field. Uh, I've got five first round leaders, which is kind of a lot, admittedly. Well, I'm going to throw in one more long shot first round leader, which I feel completely justified in doing, given the 150 to number to one number you can get. So give me Carl Yuan as a long shot first round leader. One last thing, because I don't want to forget it. It was Cime. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, by the way, but he asked if I liked uh, if we liked Terrell Moore. EC, I don't know if you have an opinion on him. The metrics. It's bad. Again, if you want to be early, that's great. In DFS, I doubt many people are going to play him. But in the betting market in particular, uh, no chance I play Taylor Moore. The ball striking has been bad. The short game has been bad. Uh, he's just not where he needs to be. Yeah, I wrote up Taylor Moore uh, the other week in one of my columns, uh, and he did not get it done. So I will pass on that. All right, a couple questions from the chat I want to get to before I give my long shots. Where can you parlay top 20s? Now, these are pre-made parlays that you can find on DK, and they include ties. Uh, other sports books, including FD and Bet365, uh, also have parlaying top 20s. I know you can do that uh, as well. Uh, all right, let me get into these. If you have some free bets lying in your account, maybe $5, $10, or more than that, maybe you take a shot with these and find these on DK. Uh, plus 900, a top 20 parlay. Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuyama, and Sung JM for reasons I listed for all three earlier in the show. And a top 20 parlay, this one at 17 to 1. You know, I'm a big fan of Cam Young this week. We talked about Thigala. That's in uh, the counselor's first round leaders. JT Poston, I know it's a fate. Yeah, listen, seven top tens in his last uh, 10 tournaments. I I'm going to, for a top 20, and I'm getting 17 to one. Poston, Thigala, Cam Young. I mean, I, I can't turn this one down. So there are a couple of long shot parlays. We're going to hit one of these uh, every every now. You know, we we had a few last year. I think we're due for one of these coming up here in the next few weeks. All right, before we go, Counselor, I have two questions for you. Number one, mm -hmm. with the rain this week, uh, and it's supposed to be rainy on Thursday, rain is in the forecast for Saturday, maybe a little bit on Friday, a gorgeous Sunday. Do you expect the course to play easier 
and uh, or or harder. Now the ball, I I would just say this: the balls will stick on the greens, but it will play yeah. longer. What's your take? Are we going to see a score? Uh, normally, it falls between fourteen and nineteen under. Where do you what are you putting your final winner at? Yeah, it'll play longer, but it's already kind of like not a long course, right? Now, that doesn't mean there's not an advantage to those longer hitters, but especially at altitude, uh, like on, on a on a sh- on a course that's you know relatively short. Uh, I agree with you in what you said initially, which is you know you're, you're going to be able to kind of stick it where you want. No, I shouldn't say it like that, but like on approach, you're going to be able to get closer to the flag, certainly with softer conditions. So I expect the scores to be higher. Now, I don't know what the wind is going to be like. I, I do I do anticipate a little bit of wind, particularly in the afternoons. I think I saw that uh, particularly for Thursday. Nothing crazy, but I would probably say we're looking at the winner's going to be 20 under. Okay, so we haven't had a 20 under winner at this tournament since Phil Mickelson, I think, went 28 under in 2014. So it's been between 14 and 19 the last 10 years. Very curious to see, or I think it might have been 2013 for Mickelson. Uh, 10 years in a row between 14 and 19. So interesting that you say that. All right, my last question for you. Bold prediction. Give me something that we we haven't necessarily talked about. You know, could be something related to Max Homa. Maybe he misses the cut. We haven't talked about him. Entire show, he lives in Scottsdale, by the way. I'm I'm not, I'm bearish on Max Homa this week. I'm fading him. Just give me some bold prediction on the Waste Management Phoenix Open. All right. I got something for you. The winner of this tournament is going to be at a number that is 70 to 1 or longer. Oh, I don't want to hear that. That's not good. That's I, My card doesn't lie. I mean, I my outright card, and I almost added uh, Kevin Yu to my long shots. I, I when, when 70 to 1s win, I will probably lose. I... I just don't have the stones like you do with FRLs to go there. Bold prediction. I will actually meet Patrick McDonald in person on Thursday. That, it is bold. We haven't coordinated this, but he's going to be out there and I will be. No, in all seriousness, I think we're going to see another playoff at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Now, we saw one a couple of years ago when Scotty Scheffler and Patrick Cantley put a duel uh, opposite the Super Bowl where they were going back and forth, I think almost into the second quarter of the Super Bowl. I think we're going to see it again. We'll see if my friends who I go with on Sunday will let me stay long enough to see that playoff because I know they want to watch the game. So, uh, see, it's been great doing the show with you. We missed Patrick, but a lot of great insight from you. And I know that those who watched, and thank you to those in the chat, uh, got a lot of great info. And your first-round leaders are back, and your matchups are on fire. And we're going to hit one of these outrights here. Let's just hope it comes in at a little bit shorter than 100 to 1. So want to thank Jake the Snake behind the scenes. Uh, does a great job for us, as always. For Sia Jad, I am Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening. As I always like to say, just good luck. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.